Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This series is on the parables of Jesus. A terrific companion to this teaching is Kevin's best-selling book, Mystery Parables of the Kingdom, available in paperback, hardcover, and ebook formats from Amazon in your area, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. All right, let's read Matthew chapter 20 uh, again, the parable that we were looking at last week. And if you were not here uh, last week, I'd like to encourage you to pick up the tape because I'm only going to have time to take a little bit of time to review what we covered last week and then uh, finish up on uh, some thoughts on the parable that we didn't quite finish last week. So you can pick up a tape from the tape room. All right, Matthew chapter 20, and we'll read verses 1 through to uh, 16 again. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. When he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man, no man has hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made, made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a penny? Take that as thine, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is thine eye evil, because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last, for many be called, but few chosen. Pray the Lord will bless the word to our hearts. Now, let me just take a little bit of time to review again what we did cover last week, so that we uh, bring the last uh, few loose ends here together. Now, as you gaze over the, uh, the, uh, the chapters here, and remember that when Matthew wrote the Gospel, he didn't have chapter 20, between verse 30 of the previous chapter and verse 1 of this chapter, so the chapter with divisions were not there. Now, if you just glance your eyes again over chapter 19, we find uh, from verse 16 on through to 22, the rich young ruler, or young man, has come to the Lord, and he said, what can I do to inherit eternal life? So the whole issue is, he wants eternal life. What can I do to inherit eternal life? So how can he inherit eternal life? So the Lord said, okay, if you really uh, want to uh, enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. And so Jesus in verse 18 went through several of the commandments, particularly commandments in relationship to people. Murder, adultery, stealing, false witness, honoring your parents, loving your neighbor as yourself. So all these relational commandments here. And the young man, of course, said, well, I've kept all these up from my youth, but there's still something lacking. We find that Jesus said to him, all right, if you want to be perfect, 
and you really want eternal life, that's the whole issue, okay, sell all you've got, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And as we see there, we find that the young man had great possessions, and uh, he went away very sorrowful. So lack of response, because Jesus touched on the very thing about riches, uh, that he had rich possessions. So, and as I said last week, Jesus didn't chase after him and say, hey, cut it down to half and give me a love offering and we'll call it quits. No, Jesus let him go. We might have done that to win disciples, not Jesus. All right, then in verse uh, 23 through to 26, uh, the disciples heard this and they said, or Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you it's that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So there's a rich man, and now Jesus is talking about the rich man entering into the kingdom and how hard it is. And the disciples heard it, and they were exceedingly amazed and said, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And as we saw last week, dear old Peter, as in the previous parable, he asked the question, he says, Behold, we... Now this rich young ruler, he hasn't forsaken all, he's not willing to give up his possessions, but we have forsaken all and followed thee. Uh, what are we going to get out of it? That's the whole crux of the thing. So what are we going to get out of it? What are we going to have there for? Now I skipped over this last week, but because uh, in a little while we want to get back onto the penny, uh, I want to read it here tonight. So in verse 27, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. Not like this young man who wasn't willing to forsake all and give up his possessions and follow you, but we've forsaken everything and followed you. What are we going to get? So Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you that you which have followed me in the, uh, followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory. So here Jesus is pointing way down here now, uh, which we'll just add to what we looked at last week. Because the regeneration, so when Jesus comes back the second time, okay, this period here is what he refers to as the regeneration. We think of being regenerated. Well, the earth has got to be regenerated. So in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory. So we've got Son of Man on the throne of his glory. Then he says, you will be sitting on 12 thrones, uh, judging the twelve tribes of Israel with me. And uh, we're talking about spiritual Israel, not the unregenerate Israel, by the way. Now, listen to the climax of the promise here, what he gives. E and everyone that has forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, which shall receive a hundredfold, and shall we inherit everlasting life. Now the young man has come to Jesus, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Okay, so Jesus goes through this whole business of riches and so forth and uh, he says, okay, you'll get this in the regeneration, but uh, the other gospel says in this life and then in the life to come you'll receive, uh, you'll, you shall inherit everlasting life. Now he gives the peculiar verse here, uh, verse 30, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. Now, as we saw last week, you'll notice that the parable begins with this verse. Uh, Many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And then in verse 16, uh, so 
uh, the beginning of the parable is with that, uh, that saying of Jesus and the, the end of the parable. So in verse 16, so the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but a few are chosen. And you'll notice the emphasis on the first and the last throughout the parable. So let's go down to verse um, 10. But when the first... Uh, I'm sorry, verse 8 I need. Uh, so when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. So here it's, he's illustrating. Many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So he says, uh, Call the laborers, give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. Then in verse uh, 10, But when the first came... So, then verse 12, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and you've made them equal to us. And then he closes off again in verse 16, So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last, for many be called, but uh, few are chosen. Now, let me just put on briefly again what we looked at last uh, week here, before we continue. So we saw last week, how many were not here last week? Okay, if you were not here last week, I'd like to encourage you to get the tape because there's no way I can spend the whole evening again on what we've covered. But here briefly is, is the, uh, the details. So we saw last week that in the Old Testament, Israel was God's church and God's kingdom. They were the church in the wilderness and they were God's kingdom. I'll make uh, you a kingdom of priests. And they were responsible for God's vineyard to bring forth fruits. Now, as we've seen in the previous uh, chapter here, or no, chapter 21, Jesus comes and now the nation as a whole is rejecting him. So he says, the vineyard will be taken from you and given to a nation that will bring forth the fruits thereof. So the vineyard was taken from the nation of Israel and Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, it's given to a nation, the holy nation, which we saw was the church, and to other husbandmen and they were to bring forth fruits thereof. So now, here we see, so uh, uh, we have the, the vineyard taken from them, the kingdom taken from them, the vineyard, and it's given over to New Testament people and New Testament leadership. So we have the vineyard. Now, as we saw last week here, we have the Lord, it's the Lord's vineyard. So uh, we see the Lord to get the harvest in the vineyard, he goes out and calls in certain periods of time. And as we see, this can happen in any generation, but also uh, uh, sort of dispensationally as we, we uh, applied it last week. So the first call, he went out early in the morning. The first verse tells us early in the morning, early a.m. And we put this down as 6 a.m. going by Hebrew time. And you'll notice here now, we've got to pick this up here from last week, the first ones were called, so the first responded to the call to go and labor in the vineyard. So have 6 a.m., and the, this was what we'd say was the first hour. And then later on we have the, uh, the third hour, the third hour, which was 9 a.m., and so we have another call to those who were idle in the marketplace. We talked about Christians who were idle, uh, but being called and responding to the call and going into the vineyard of the Lord there. Then we have another call about the sixth hour here, and this would be about 12 noon. Where are we? 9 a.m. I've got it down there. 12 noon. 
here, the sixth hour, and uh, we have another call here. And then, as we saw in the parable, he goes out about uh, 3 p.m., or the, the ninth hour, as it's called here, the ninth hour, and we have another call. So, all through church history, the Lord's been calling in every generation to get into the vineyard and reap the harvest. It's his vineyard bring forth fruit. So, first call. Now we have first hour, ninth hour, or the third hour, the sixth hour called the ninth hour. Now, as we picked up last week and where we uh, uh, finished off almost, now it's coming way down to even. So when the even was come, so we have the early morning of church history, the early church book of Acts, uh, gospels and book of Acts and onwards through church history, now even was come. And uh, harvest is the end of the age. As we've seen in other, uh, the other parable, harvest is the end of the age, the evening, the close of this day. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? So working, I must work while it is day. And now we come, and ordinarily speaking, there is a call every three hours. So 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., 9 a.m. to 12 noon, 12 noon to 3 p.m. And naturally speaking, it would have been 6. But there's something different here. There is the 11th hour call. 11th hour call. So I gave you three uh, words last week here in this call here. How many have got it on your notes? It was an unexpect, unexpected call and it was an unusual hour. It was an urgent call and it was the final call. So all through church history the Lord's been calling for vineyard, uh, uh, laborers in the vineyard but I believe as we've seen last week that here we are in the end of the age, decade of harvest, harvest is the end of the age, and that there's an unusual call of the Spirit that's going throughout the church, throughout the world today. Get into the harvest, don't be idle. Get into the harvest of the Lord because the night cometh when no man can work. So right through church history, this day, the Lord's been calling. So we have an unexpected call, uh, an unusual hour, it's an urgent call, and the final call. Now, we pick up where we left off last week. When the Lord of the vineyard comes, so bring us to the second coming now, uh, he calls his steward and he says, okay, we're going to give the hire of those who labored in the vineyard. Now, instead of doing what would be natural, calling the first first, he called those who came and responded to the call at the last. So he called the last first, so the whole parable is illustrating that. So the last shall be first, and the first were last. So the last on were the first to be called and receive the penny. And the first call uh, were last to receive their penny. Now you can imagine what's going through their, their mind uh, is, wow, if those guys are getting a penny, and they came in at the last there, boy, we should get the whole bank. Okay? So the whole thing is exposing our shoes. Now, the, I said the crux of the two parables we've looked at in the last couple of weeks is this, that the parable of the unforgiving uh, servant, uh, which arose out of Peter's question again, how often shall I forgive? Uh, what was it dealing with? I'm going to check your notes on that. It was dealing with the attitude of a fellow servant to a fellow servant. Was that right? An attitude of unforgiveness. 
Okay, now here, this is dealing with the attitude to the Lord of the vineyard. So the both parables are dealing with the attitude. That's the issue. And both of them are given in answer to Peter's, uh, Peter's question. All right, so he begins at the last and calls the first. Okay, now, I want just to, uh, as we sort of, and, 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 and keep in mind as we've been doing all through the last couple of terms on these are parables. Simplest definition of a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So what is the spiritual lesson? What's the lesson behind this? Because when, uh, when these were the last that were put on were called first, everybody received the same penny. Okay? They all received the same penny. Now, uh, simply back there, interpretation, before we look at application, penny was a day's salary, a day's wages, not much to us, but it was a day's wages, so they worked through the day. So they all received the same penny. Now, before I just say briefly, and uh, I don't want to be anything profound or anything like that to me, it's simple, but I want to give you a contrast uh, of the same penny and some differences, first of all by saying, okay, what the penny is not, as I understand the parable, okay? So there's some differences that are going to take place at the second coming, and yet there'll be something that's the same for everybody. Now, let's go over to, to um, I want to give you three things here on, on differences, okay? Uh, because when we get into another parable, you say, well, Kevin, this parable seems to contra contradict this parable, because in this parable, they all receive the same penny. But now in this other parable, you're saying it's different. So is there a contradiction? No, there's no contradiction, but the Lord's bringing out uh, different, uh, different, uh, different aspects, same as we've seen all, through all the different kingdom parables. I want you to turn over to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In fact, let's turn, uh, well, I'll give you two scriptures here that I want you to read. So just uh, bear with me a little moment. Uh, turn over to a verse in Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 11 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, okay? Revelation chapter 11 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 3. All right, now, I want to give you three things here on differences. So you'll just ha understand that... Uh, there's, that when Jesus comes the second time, there will be some differences, okay? In this parable, there's sameness. But in these other things, which I want to show you first, uh, you'll find there's differences. So don't think there's any contradiction. All right, Revelation chapter 11, verse 18. Revelation 11, verse 18. And it says here, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should give what? Reward. So I want you to notice this. Give reward unto your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. So when the Lord comes, there's going to be rewards. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm not going to expound on this, but just uh, give you the differences first of all. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll pick up in verse uh, 
9b, 9b, the last part of the verse. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, so three incorruptible, three corruptible, three indestructible, three destructible. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, here's, we come to the crux of this one. If any man's work abide which he is built thereupon, he shall receive a what? A reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Now, he's not going to lose his salvation, but he'll, he'll lose any reward. But he himself save, shall be saved, so as by fire. That qualifies that. So what Paul is saying here, that there's going to be different rewards. So I want you to pick that up first of all. In some scriptures, number one, we have different rewards. So when we stand before the Lord, all our works go, now this has to do with the vineyard and harvest, but uh, in pertaining to our works, there's different rewards. So when we all go through the fire, all our works go through the fire, some are going to get a reward, some are not going to get a reward. Some are going to have wood, hay and stubble and all their works and their activities are just going to be reduced to a heap of ashes. So they don't lose their salvation, but they lose the reward. They don't get a reward. And there's plenty of scriptures about rewards. When Jesus comes, he says, uh, when I come, my reward is with me to give every man according to his work. So there's plenty of scriptures on that, a reward, okay? So there's differences of rewards. Some will receive war rewards, some will not receive rewards. But here, everybody receives the same penny. But when we're talking about rewards, there's something different there. So, number one, different rewards. Now, I want you to go over to 1 Corinthians uh, again and... I want to give you something else where there's differences. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It'll help us a little bit, I hope, to understand everybody getting the same penny because some people say, oh, well, when we get to heaven, everybody's going to be the same. We're all equal, everybody's going to have the same. Yes, on what we're looking at tonight, but not on some areas. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 41 and 42. In this chapter, Paul is talking about the resurrections. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 41, he says, There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. And then he gives the interpretation. So also is the resurrection of the dead. So in the resurrection, here's point number two. There will be different glories. The so number one, there will be different rewards for saints, Number two, there will be different glories. So some are going to come up in the glory of the sun. Some are going to come up with the glory of the moon. Some are going to come up with the glory of the stars. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. So there's going to be differences of glory in the resurrection. Now we've mentioned this before on a previous occasion. Who determines the glory of our resurrection? Not God, we do. But that's a whole message in itself. What determines our resurrection glory? So there's a difference of the glories of the saints in the resurrection. How many can see what I'm saying there? 
Okay, so number one, we've got different rewards. Number two, we've got different glories of the resurrection. But here, in this parable we're looking at, everybody gets the same penny. So there's no difference of pennies here or difference of, of, of uh, uh, reward here. They're all the same. So what's he talking about here? Right? So number two. Number three, the third thing just quickly here, is found in Luke chapter 19. And we have another, another difference here that takes place at the second coming. Luke chapter 19. I, I don't want to have my works reduced to ashes and uh, just be saved so as by fire. I would like a reward for what I've done for the Lord on the late planet Earth. How many would like that? Okay, so I don't want all my works to be like wood, hay, and stubble. Okay? I'd like to come up in the glory of the sun and not twinkle, twinkle, little star. And uh, the significance of that one is, remember in Revelation chapter 12, there's a woman there, she's clothed with the glory of the sun, she's standing on the moon, and she has a diadem of 12 stars. She has the full resurrection glory because she's the bride of Christ. Sun, moon, and stars glory is on this woman. I used to tell you it was my wife because I thought the sun, moon, and stars shone out of her. Well, it does now up there, I'm sure. Uh, but I don't want to come up a little twinkle star. I'd like to have all what the Lord wants in resurrection glory. How many would like that? A few of us. How many would like that? Okay. But you determine it, not God. Okay. Number three now. Third difference here is in this parable, and it's Luke chapter 19. Just put down verse 12 to 26 for your notes. We can't expound on it. Not here. Luke 19, verse 12 to 26. As you glance over it, uh, Jesus is the nobleman who's going to the far country to get a kingdom. So he calls his servants into his ten servants and he gave them ten pounds and said, Occupy till I come. And then when he got the kingdom, he came back and he called to his servants. And so verse 16, Then came the first saying, Lord, with your pound I've got ten pounds. And he said, Well done, you good servant. You've been very faithful in a little city. Have authority over ten cities. Now, verse 18, and the second came saying, Lord, your pound that I had, I've got five pounds. And he said, likewise to him, you be over five cities. So now, one guy, whatever it all means, one guy is made a ruler over ten cities. Another guy is made a ruler over five cities. So then when you get to the other guy, verse 20, another came saying, Lord, I've got your pound and I kept it up in a napkin because I feared you and you were an oyster man, uh, austere man. Uh, someone read it that way, couldn't read it. And he said, I've just hit it and I didn't do anything with it. So you lose what you don't use. So he said, you wicked, slothful servant, take it. So now here we have difference, and here's the point I want you, we have different positions of rulership. Okay, so I've just given you three things on differences. So different rewards, different glories, different positions. So different rewards at his coming, different glories at the resurrection, different positions in the kingdom. Okay, so we have differences. All right, so the penny here does not speak of the different rewards or the different glories or the different positions of rulership. All right, now, 
Let me just say briefly what I believe the penny is. Everybody gets the same. And let me say this, it doesn't matter what place, two words I want you to pick up here, it doesn't matter what place in the vineyard you've worked, whether in Australia or Russia or China or America or Malaysia, it doesn't matter what place in the worldwide vineyard of the, of the Lord you've worked, and it doesn't matter how long, what time you've been in the vineyard. Place or time doesn't matter. Everybody gets the same. Now, put down this scripture because uh, I'll just have to quote it. Put down this scripture from, first of all, the Old Testament and then another one from the New, and then I'll state what I simply believe on this. 1 Samuel chapter 30, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 18 to 31. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 18 to 31. Some of you may remember the story that when David uh, was uh, pursuing the enemy from Ziklag and they'd lost everything, remember as they were running to the battle and into the battle to pursue after the enemy, God had told them to pursue and he'd recover all, we find that some of the men, about 400 of them if I remember, they became fate and so they had to stay by the place Besor, I think it was, and stay there because they were faint and couldn't continue the battle. The rest of the men continued in the battle and they recovered all. Now, when David recovered all, the women and the children and the spoils and everything that they'd been robbed of, he brought them back and uh, the wicked men of Belial said, don't give these guys anything. They just stopped out of the battle and they've been sticking here by the stuff, don't give them anything. And David said, no, everybody is going to get the same. So he said, those that go to the battle or those that stay by the stuff are going to get the same. And this was an ordinance in Israel and the principles carried on here. And you see, that the issue, as I've sometimes said, it doesn't matter whether I go to the battle or go overseas or go to seminars or nations or whatever and you stay by the stuff here, all of us are going to get the same reward on this area. Okay? So whether you go to the battle, whether you stay by the stuff, they all receive the same reward. Alright, now, in the another parable we're going to be picking, uh, picking up, remember the man who uh, used, let me just check this one here, make sure I say it right, Remember the other parable of the talents. Uh, the man who'd been faithful over fi uh, five talents, just make sure, yeah, five talents. What was the Lord's reward to him? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. What was the, uh, the reward to the man who, who used his two talents? Exactly the same they both received the same reward of faithfulness. So whether it was five talents or two talents, they both received the same. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. There was a sameness there. Now, I believe in this parable here, and remember it's a parable, and we don't work for our salvation or anything like that, but I believe in this parable, the same penny, the same thing that all of us get is simply and wonderfully eternal life. Everybody's going to get that. It doesn't matter where you've worked in the vineyard. It doesn't matter how long you've worked in the vineyard. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You think before Jesus comes and we have the final harvest, 
there'll be probably untold thousands are going to come into the kingdom who may only serve the Lord just a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, who knows? And yet some of us have been serving the Lord for 40 years or more. But every true believer, no matter where they've labored in the vineyard and no matter how long they've served the Lord in his vineyard, place and time does not matter. It's their attitude. We all receive the same eternal life. How many understand what I'm saying? See, on other things, difference of rewards, difference of glories, difference of position, but we all receive the same penny, eternal life. Now, I want to give you some practical lessons before we finish here, and then I want to pick up where I started off last week. I haven't forgotten it. What happened in these, and this, as I said, is dealing with attitude. I've just got four things here. The ones that started at the beginning there and had worked through, they exposed their attitude. Number one, they exposed a mercenary spirit and attitude. What are we going to get out of it? We've been working here all these years, and these guys come into the church like, and sometimes this happens in Waverley. Oh, could it? We've been in this church since its inception. And some of these people come in recently and look what happens to them. So it's dealing with that whole attitude. So a mercenary spirit and attitude, they served for what they would get out of it. Number two, they had a critical attitude towards the Lord of the vineyard. Why should he give us only a penny and give them the same? We should get more than that. So the whole attitude of the Lord of the vineyard. And I'm sure we've all heard this from Christians sometimes. Well, look what the Lord does for him. Not fair. I've been a Christian for 99 years. <laughs> These guys only saved just a few moments. Look at it. It's not fair. Critical attitude towards the Lord. Number three, they had a false concept of the Lord of the vineyard and thought he was unjust. Not fair. Typical sign. Well, it's not fair. Remember I've said before, the greatest enemy of justice in Australia is fairness. Because God's not fair. God is just. And number four, they had a wrong attitude to the other vineyard laborers who came in at the last. Now, I want to ask you this question. I've still got about three or four minutes here. Uh, I'll just say about the attitude of the other, then I'll come to that. It also exposed the attitude of those who came in at the last. Three things I've got here. Number one, these who came in at the last and responded to this urgent, unusual, final call here, unexpected call, they just had an attitude of trust because the Lord said, look, go and work in the vineyard. I'm going to lose the harvest, get in, and I'll pay you what's right. I'll do what's right. And they didn't argue and have a union fight and a strike and, uh, well, you don't call it strikes, just action. What's the difference? Eh? They didn't have that attitude. They just went in, served the Lord in the vineyard. So they had an attitude of trust in the Lord of the vineyard. Number two, they had a responsive attitude. When called, though they were idle in the marketplace, they were ha happy to stop their idleness and get into the vineyard and get into the work of the Lord here. So responsive attitude... And number three, in contrast to the others, they didn't have a mercenary spirit. 
or they didn't murmur against the Lord as these others did. So the whole thing is dealing with an attitude because that's Peter's thing, Lord. Well, what are we going to get out of it? We've given up everything and so forth. And, and, and so he gives that whole thing to deal with what's our attitude of the Lord of the vineyard. I'll just be so grateful to receive eternal life, won't you? Uh, we don't earn it, but that's his reward, the reward of eternal life. doesn't have to give it, but he does. Now, let me just finish up with this. I asked you last week at the beginning, how many have just been saved in the last, uh, what did I say, six months, nine months? What did I say? How many remember that? What's that? Yeah, one or two years. Are you here tonight? Why don't you stand up quickly? <laughs> one or two years. Okay, praise God. Wonderful. All right, sit down. Thank you. Now, those who have been saved 20 or 30 or 40 years like I have, why don't you stand up again? Wow. Praise God. Okay, you can be seated. Now, here's, here's, and this is application, okay, because uh, I hope you understand what I'm saying, and I believe the same penny, we all receive the same gift of eternal life, no matter where we've worked in the vineyard or how long. Now, here's an application. One of the things that's bothered me over the years, and I think this parable was written for me, as well as perhaps some of you, and once I got the lesson of this parable, I stopped griping. I have served the Lord since I was 14, I had a backslidden state for a while there, and I'm 64, that's how many years? Wow, that's 50 years, isn't it? I'm Pentecostal almost, 50 years. And over those years, it's taken me so long, you know, to get saved, years later to get water baptized, later on to be filled with the Holy Spirit, later on to get healed now and then, and it's taken me years and I see people coming in today who get saved, water baptized, filled with the Spirit, healed, prophecy, and the whole bang lot of the penny, boom, like that. And I say, God, it's not fair. <laughs> I've been a Christian for donkeys, no, not donkeys years, that's a stubborn thing. I've been a Christian for years. And these guys, like these, some of these new converts over here, they're coming in at the last minute and getting in a few moments what's taken me years. The same experience that I've taken years to get there getting. How many have ever felt that way? That's fine? Well, aren't they blessed them? Thank you. But how many understand? And see, this is going to happen more and more. And this parable is written for, us, for some of us old fuddy-duddies. See? who have been in the way, uh, on the way I mean, for 30 or 40 years, so that when God brings in the harvest and we see new converts coming in, they're going to get their penny just like that, what's taken us years to get, because God said in Romans, he said, I'm going to do a quick work and cut it short in righteousness. And we're seeing that today throughout the world. God's doing a quick work and people are coming and getting the penny all this business that's taken me years to get. And they get things from the Bible that's taken me years to get. And so the parable was written for me to say, well, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. You're great. I'm thrilled. How many think this parable has helped you a little bit on your attitude? So when you see new converts come in here and get all of what you've taken years to get, Jump up and down and say, well, thank you, Lord. Don't get an attitude and say, well, I've been in Waverley since it was, since it was born. 
and these guys come in and they can prophesy and whatever. Everybody said amen. Let's all stand, our time's up. Let's uh, close in prayer then. Father, we just uh, thank you again for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, that we are living in the end of the age and uh, we do sense that unusual urgent call of the Holy Spirit that's going out uh, throughout your church and throughout the world. And Father, we thank you for all these young people and the younger generation as well as old people. We thank you for all these that are coming into the kingdom and coming into your vineyard at this last hour and the end of the age. Help us, Father, who have been on the way for so many years to have a good attitude to you, a good attitude to them, and just rejoice together in the penny that's being given out, Father. We just thank you, and we thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter what place we serve in your vineyard or how long or time, but just to help us to have a good heart, just to get the harvest in and to glorify your name. We believe you are just. You, you are just, Lord. You're not fair. You're just. And you have a gracious heart to all those who labor in the vineyard. We thank you, Lord, that the same things that you've given to many of us who have been on the way over the years, you're giving to new believers today, new converts. Help us to rejoice together in this final harvest hour. Let your word fall upon good ground of our hearts and help us, Lord, if we need to adjust our attitude in any area and give glory to your name. We ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said Amen. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books and his ministry.